I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute, and if you are new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan, I'm your host, and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from The Cut and my general pop culture musings. Guys, I feel like the only really juicy pop culture news we've got this week is the fact that Erica Jane from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills filed divorce from her husband of 21 years, Mr. Tom Girardi himself, famous lawyer extraordinaire. Why he is still practicing at the age of 81, I do not know. When I think of like my idea of hell, it's me being 81 years old and still practicing law. Like, don't get me wrong, I, w- I want to live that long. But if I am still practicing the law, like someone needs to exercise my body because there's a demon in there making me do it. Um, I did a little Google search and apparently on a Watch What Happens Live, I believe, Erica said that she doesn't have a prenup with Tom Girardi. So I'm hoping that will be to her benefit. With 21 years of marriage, I'm hoping she can get some good alimony. They might just come to some sort of marital settlement agreement that he just gives her a shit ton of money up front. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if she talks about it on the show if they're public about what ends up happening with that agreement um i know some of my friends were like well why didn't she just wait till he died but you know i think that people are taking age into this too much like taking that into account as being a bigger factor than it is i think a lot of people after 20 21 years kind of gets to the point where they're like you know what (laughs) I'm kind of over this bullshit and it doesn't matter how old the other person is. She's living her life. She was Roxy in Chicago and you know, he didn't even go see her as Roxy and I know COVID affected that, but the fact he wasn't there on opening night with a banner, I mean, that's a bad sign to me. So you know what? Kick him to the curb, whatever. Erica Jane's going to be just fine. She's going to be getting that good, good money. I'm sure of it. So really, like I said, that's kind of my only like, you know, optimistic, no, not that it's optimistic, but you know, fluffy pop culture update this week. Uh, I wanted to give you guys a little reminder to review my podcast if you haven't already. If you listen on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, or even if you don't, that's a great place to review. You can also go to ratethispodcast.com slash kind of cute. I always leave a link to it in my show notes. And if you need help on how to actually leave a review on Apple, uh, just DM me. I can walk you through it. It really means a lot to me. It makes my day when I get a review on there. And I've been now stuck on 48 for a little while. So if you could take a few moments to do that, I would really appreciate it. I've watched some good TV this week and some trash TV. We watched The Holiday, which my friend Anna texted me and she's like, what did the Hollywood writers think they're doing with this? <laughs> and so at that point I hadn't watched it because I thought it was more of a Christmas themed movie. So I was like, oh, I want to wait till, you know, after Halloween. I very much wanted to give Halloween its glory. But then November 1st, I'm definitely one of those people November 1st, like I was at the store re-upping on Christmas goods. But... So I watched it on November 1st and it's the one with Emma Roberts and this hot Australian dude. I don't even know his name. Um, It's a little less Hallmark movie than some of their other Christmas movies, like the one that Vanessa Hudges is in in The Christmas Prince. But I think my biggest issue with it, it's a completely fine, entertaining enough movie. 
there was so many offensive things said that I was like, I think this might be trying to be a joke, but it's just not coming across as a joke. It's just coming across as wildly insensitive. But fun fact, there is a little Nicola Peltz cameo. She's the one we talked about who is engaged to Brooklyn Beckham, uh, you know, the Beckham's son. They're very young. He tattooed her eyeballs on the back of his neck. (laughs) She's the one with the rich dad who has like a, you know, he's like a big Trump supporter, billionaire who lives on Palm Beach, which is near where I live. So they sometimes are at my haunts that I go to. And I'm, I'm hoping for a Nicola Brooklyn run in someday I feel like they'll probably be here around the holidays so we'll see a girl can dream uh I think maybe we're ready to get into our articles for the day because again I just didn't have that much stuff I really wanted to talk about but the first article is sorry Lola Michaela could make how much this year by Amelia Petrarca now I don't know if you've heard of Lil Michaela, but she is literally a computer-generated girl. Now, I think I first heard of her like three years ago. I should have looked at when she actually started, but I feel like she's been around for a while. And at the beginning, people were so confused because she kind of popped out of nowhere. She had this Instagram account, and she would post as if she was just your regular old Instagram influencer a little bit e-girl, a little bit thoughty. And people were very confused by it because she has that uncanny valley thing going on. You look at her and you're like, is that a real person? Or no, like it can't be a real person. But then you're like, maybe it's a real person who's just really taken the face too too far. And uh, I was confused for a while. But yeah, it turns out she is just a full-on computer-generated avatar and her full name is Michaela Souza, but she was by Lil Michaela. And she is estimated to make £8,960,000 per year, which is over $10 million for the company that created her, which is called Brood. So this goes to show that influencers can make a bank. You don't even have to be a real person, and you can get that 8 k per post. I mean, it's just wild to me. I don't even understand how that happens. We have some happy election news for you guys. I know you've been wanting some, so maybe you've already read about this, but I thought this was very, very fascinating. So it says, Legal Weed and Shrooms won big last night by Hannah Gold. So ballot initiatives that were decriminalizing drug possession and use, they were passed in six states and D.C., and they approved the voters, they approved drug decriminalization measures everywhere that they were on the ballot which that's kind of crazy like the drugs swept every ballot they were on regardless of the state the washington post reports that oregon landed or i'm sorry voted in a landslide to decriminalize carrying small amounts of illegal drugs including heroin cocaine and methamphetamine additionally new jersey arizona south dakota and montana are all projected to have voted in favor of ballot initiatives that will legalize recreational marijuana use and then even those voters in mississippi the little bible belt itself they approved a measure to codify a medical marijuana program that will legalize the drug in the treatment of 22 medical conditions so oregon they took it even a step further they also legalized psilocybin which is shrooms for adults 21 and older baby and the people who were in favor of this law argued that it would inspire new legal treatments of depression and anxiety and on top of that dc also decriminalized the use of mushrooms and psychedelics for 
certain situations, I think. I think that might be uh, medical situations. I'm not sure exactly what happened in D.C. But I am just so hype about that. I've been pretty vocal on here that I would love to try psilocybin. And I was like, well, you know, I... I'm a lawyer, like, I can't really, like, say that. But now, guys, I can just go to Portland, get myself some psilocybin, go out in the woods, and have a grand old time. If anyone would like to join me, let me know. I think I'd like to have a nice little sober person there. And in case this is one of those things where, you know, I know there's these issues when drugs aren't federally approved, that there's issues, but I wouldn't be traveling with it. Um... This is all hypothetical. It wouldn't actually necessarily happen. I'm sc- My parents are going to call me about this. No, again, they don't listen, but they probably wouldn't like me saying it. So if anyone's listening, it's just hypothetical. I, But I have read books on the power that shrooms can have in the treatment of anxiety and depression. And actually PTSD is another huge one that they've been found to be so effective in. And the fact that it's taken us this long to really explore their medical benefits in a really substantive way and to allow the testing, that's kind of where the problem comes from because of all the legal barricades in place. Proper testing to really understand how psychedelics can help with mental issues they haven't been able to do with it as much as they should have been able to but anyways I thought that was like kind of crazy that every single ballot they were on passed so drugs are in fashion this this election season guys so this is something much darker and it's actually not from the cut but it's something I wanted to talk about because I actually stayed in this hotel with my parents over the 4th of July this year. It's super close to where I live. And I'm not one who ever wants to be like, oh, this traumatic thing happened. I'm going to make it about myself. Like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying like this actually literally hit close to home because this hotel is like 15 minutes away from where I live. And it's just so heartbreaking for this this young woman and her family and it's but it's just a weird ass story that really not a lot has been said about it yet like they haven't really figured it out and I'm wondering if it's ever going to come to light what actually happened so this article is called teen allegedly killed by salt life apparel founder left her home willingly with a known individual by Chris Harris so To give you a little background, and maybe if you don't live in Florida, you don't know the Salt Life brand, but I'd say it's pretty popular here. It's like Fisherman Redneck Lifestyle brand, kind of a Guy Harvey knockoff if you're familiar with that brand. So this story involved one of the co-founders of that brand, and his name is Michael Hutto. He looks like a total little greasy, like like he hasn't showered in five years. He's 54 years old. He's, oh, he also like has like leathery skin. Like he got a little too much salt life on his skin. And apparently he's no longer associated with salt life and he sold off his portion of the brand, which I'm sure they are delighted about, but I'm sure they are like dying that he, their name is getting, you know, dragged through this. But if anyone's concerned, in case you're wearing a Salt Life t-shirt right now, this guy is no longer profiting off it. I think he sold his shares off a while ago. But he was detained on Friday on allegations that he killed 18-year-old Laura Grace Duncan. She died from a single gunshot wound, and her parents uh, called the police to do a welfare check on her. And she was found in a hotel room at the Hilton on Singer Island. And that's why I was saying that's the hotel that's super close to where I live. And I was hoping this article was like, oh, we're getting a few more details. But 
really all we found out is that Laura left Lake City, which is another city in Florida, with someone she knew, but the investigators aren't saying who that person is. So we don't know if she actually left Lake City with Michael Hutton or if it was just someone else and then she ended up in this hotel room with him. All of that is very blurry. Like, why was this 54-year-old hanging out with this 18-year-old girl? And I know the last thing you guys probably need is a story about how awful my state is. They've definitely fucked up enough this week. But I swear, if you ever visit me, we will have lots of fun. We're not all bad here. And uh, speaking of some sad election news, remember how we covered that story about that gross, misogynist, revenge porn dude who was so awful to the girls he went to middle school with? And you might say, oh, that was a long time ago. Well, yeah, except this man is only 20 years old and was running for the state house in Kansas. Well, unfortunately, Kansas just elected him to the state's house. And as Jezebel's Shannon Malero points out, he has now become an elective representative of the very same women he admitted to harassing. Mm. If that isn't just a little analogy for 2020, I don't know what is. I mean, oh man. All right, next up, Toddy Westbrook has been accused of fraud by Hannah Gold. Okay, I think most of my listeners might not be aware of this story because it is like the definition of petty drama. And you know how much I love petty drama. And I don't even think I delved into this too much. But last year, a YouTuber named Toddy Westbrook got into this huge online fight and drag down with James Charles, who is also a very popular YouTuber. And he just turned 21, whereas... Toddy is almost 40 and she does this whole long video dragging James Charles through the mud saying that he tries to turn straight men gay. Mind you, James is a virgin, okay? And at the time he was 19 years old and I, this whole thing, like so much of the internet at first sided with Tati on this. And I just could not believe it because I was like, this is a 19 year old boy who has, I would say pretty maturely dealt with the insane amount of fame he has gotten at such a young age. And you as an almost 40 year old are going to make a little online video and talk shit about him to the point where he almost killed himself and was in such a dark mental place because of the death threats and awful bullying he was getting at as a result of this video that I'm to this day, oh, I'm sorry, I, I do know what, oh, the fact of what this drama is over makes what I'm about to tell you even more disgusting. So all of this drama started because James was at Coachella. He wanted some extra VIP passes. This sugar bear hair company is like, we'll hook you up with the extra tickets if you'll do a couple Instagram stories about, you know, sugar bear hair. So James is like, sick, like, okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll do the Instagram stories. Well, Tati freaks the hell out because she had hair vitamins under her brand called Halo Beauty. And her hair vitamins were of the same bullshit that the sugar bear hair ones are. Not that it's bullshit. Taking vitamins for your hair like biotin, sure, there's some scientific backing to it. But whatever, these things are all the same. They're little gummies. They're like little Flintstone vitamins that you take that are supposed to make your hair grow or your skin glow. It's the same concept. So she was pissed that 
She felt like James, who she considered a very close friend, was not being loyal to her by doing a couple Instagram stories for Sugar Bear Hair so that he could get some free VIP passes to Coachella. I mean, the horror. The fact that as a 39-year-old, you're going to drag someone through the mud over that is just was really beyond my comprehension. So this story really tracks for me based on Tati's past behavior. So Hannah writes that Tati and her husband, James Westbrook, are being sued by their business partner, Clark Swanson, over alleged breach of contract, gross negligence, and fraudulent inducement in their handling of Westbrook's vitamin company, Halo Beauty. Swanson claims he initially owned 50% of the company, but just before the company launched, Tati and her husband asked that Swanson give them two-thirds of the business. And so Clark is saying that Tati was shady because instead of doing everything under the umbrella of Halo Beauty, she started another company called Tati Beauty. And under that, she put her more makeup-y things like eyeshadows and beauty blenders. But his point is that she literally just started this other company to screw me out of what I was supposed to be getting from Halo Beauty. And then E! News reports that Tati told Clark that her famous name would lure customers whatever the product ended up being. Miss Westbrook claimed that the product did not matter. The lawsuit states she could still sell shit product, which is in quotes, to her loyal followers. And guys, it's times like this that I really hate influencer culture because that makes me so sad. As a whole, I love influencer culture. I've bought so many things that actually have made my life better because someone recommends it to me, whether they're just they're an actual big influencer or one of my friends. And I love recommending things to you guys and you guys tell me that you use them and you love them. And I have no problem at all with influencer marketing and people getting paid because I know how much work it takes to make a YouTube video, do a whole shoot for an Instagram ad, putting in a certain amount of stories. I know it can look so flippant and easy, but I understand it's work. And when you have an audience, you should get compensated for that. But the issue comes in when people take this approach where they're like, I can literally like sell shit to my little followers and they're not going to care. It's so disgusting because influencers get to the point they're at on the backs of these very customers that are buying their shit products. And to think that someone could go to sleep at night knowing that someone like all I can imagine is a young person or even like, let's say a 31 year old like myself looking up to someone like Tati and being like, I really want to support a woman owned business. I have been watching her for years and I want to buy her eyeshadow. Again, this isn't me. I've never watched Tati other than her James Charles drama, but I can definitely put my shoes in that place because there are people like that, that I've watched for years and I would buy something that they make because I want to support them and the product looks cool or whatever. So for her to say that, I mean, I really hope that economically this takes a hit on her because if there's any truth to that, again, I'm just disgusted by it. It's gross. And when we were talking about Lil Michaela, like I said, she has 2.8 million followers. She can make 8K per post easy. And I've watched videos from other influencers who might have, you know, 3 million Instagram followers and they can get even more than that. They can have a package deal where they get 100K for a certain series of events or whatever. So it just, when people have that much money coming in and feel like they can treat consumers like that, it 
mm, it just makes my blood boil. But that being said, let's get on to our legit shit of the day, which is actually conveniently in the beauty world. So the Sephora sales going on right now, if you are a VIB member, you get 15% off, which is what I am. It's like the mid-level. I think you get 20% off maybe if you're Rouge. Maybe it's still 15. Oh, guys, I should know this. Um, but it's a good time to stock up on things you love or to try some new things. I actually ordered like the Olaplex holiday set today. I ordered the pharmacy green clean set because you guys know those are two things I've had on this shit, shit, shit before and I really love them. And I always put it in my show notes, but I a lot of times will put affiliate links. Sometimes I don't. If I'm sharing something with you guys that I don't have an affiliate link for, for example, like whenever I share like a small business or an artist I like, I can't affiliate link that. But for something like Sephora, I do affiliate link it. So I always want to be transparent about that. And honestly, I've, I've over the time I've been using affiliate links, I've never even got paid for it because I haven't even reached the $100 threshold that it takes. And I make nothing on this podcast and I spend money to host it each month. So hopefully one day I will make money, but I just don't want you guys to think I'm out here like recommending shit to you right now when that I don't really recommend and I would hope if there ever is a day when I actually do make money off this podcast and I actually can get sponsors I can tell you right now I would never take a sponsor that I don't believe in what they do and what they sell so just putting that out there but my actual legit shit for this week is the it cosmetics your skin but better foundation plus skincare honestly my skin right now is looking like Mount Vesuvius mixed with the Sahara Desert I've been picking at it all week due to stress And you might be like, yeah, why would we take skincare advice from you? But this foundation, when my skin is looking good, is very nice and it's very buildable. I don't really like a full coverage foundation just because I don't get cake face. I get like granny face. Like I cannot pull off that really matte heavy makeup look I love the way it looks on other people I can't do it because like every little crinkle wrinkle jaggedy thing in my face you can tell so I have to use something a little lighter coverage but so I love ones that I can build up and I think this foundation is thin enough that you can really build it up it blends nicely it feels nice on the skin and apparently has additional skincare benefits. So let me know what you guys get from the Sephora sale. I love talking beauty stuff. I also need to make like an actual holiday um, gift list and put that on my blog because I had fun doing that last year and I have so many things that I think would be fun to put on this year. So I hope you guys are hanging in there this week and I will see you next week. Bye.